Let's talk about success, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about what really makes success a reality. Let's talk about... Oh boy, never mind. Okay, welcome back to Food for Thought, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything as it pertains to health. I promise I won't sing anymore. So, so far this season, we've tackled some issues that continue to be either on the minds of those who are trying to achieve particular goals or are lurking in the bro science or all over the internet. And one of the things that we've tried to do in this series is highlight the actual work and participation in anything that you enjoy, find value in, whether competitively or recreationally, and try to focus on the things that matter in terms of seeing results, which has been pretty loosely defined. Because really, what are results? They could be how much you lift, how long you run or swim or cycle, how often you participate in your activity of choice. But what's been more difficult putting into words are those things that are more difficult to measure, like how you feel, what motivates or demotivates you, the impact it has on your life or your work beyond the arena of whatever it is that you do for movement. We've also really tried to minimize the importance of looking a certain way to determine whether or not a person is successful. Losing weight or gaining weight is not, or at least should not, be the be-all and end-all of determining whether what you do has been effective or whether you have been successful. The question remains, effective at what? At making you feel better about yourself? At increasing your ability to play defense or offense? At being there for your family? At being more alert and present at work? at feeling like you have control over a certain aspect of your life which positively influences other things, or at prioritizing a sleep schedule and being able to sleep at night. I'm Carissa McKay, one of your health promotion specialists in Edmonton, and on today's episode, we are going to have a look at what things really define success. This is just a short episode as we're feeling the fall sickness season, so it's really all that we have the capacity for this week, so please don't define our success based on the length of this one single episode or the fact that it's just me. Hopefully, we'll all be running on all cylinders again soon, and we'll be back with the usual suspects for the next episode. So last episode, we talked about carb loading, how it still benefits some people in certain activities at certain times. Despite the clear and definitive science on the importance of glucose as a fuel and its essential role in allowing us to do activities at extreme levels of intensity and duration, there remains this fear, or in some cases loathing, of sugar. Carbs are fattening, sugar is bad, even sugar is poison. Those myths still persist, and it's both fascinating and frustrating that the myths and disinformation that promotes this rhetoric remains so strong. So let's revisit this one ever so briefly. We need sugar to live. Can we live without it? Well, as Jeremy would love to talk about, there are ketone bodies that we can use in times of extreme need and which may also play a role in endurance activity by virtue of the different energy systems that he talked about last time that get better and more efficient depending on the type of training that you do. But for the average bear, you're going to need to have regular old glucose, whether that's your morning cereal or your Gatorade, your sports gummies, or whatever you can tolerate to provide you the fuel to help you sustain your activities, whether that's mowing the lawn or doing an ultra marathon. Crazy thing is that what is actually having the most impact is not the gummies or the Gatorade, but the literal hours and hours of training that you did for the ultramarathon, not for mowing the lawn. There is a symbiosis of the training and fueling that ultimately determines your time, your speed, and how long it takes to recover at the end of the event. The whole, as they say, is greater than the sum of its parts. It's not just one thing, it's everything. Someone asked at a briefing recently, why would anyone drink chocolate milk? It's full of sugar. That's so bad for you. Well, first of all, a glass of chocolate milk has about the same amount of sugar as a glass of fruit juice, with the added benefit of calcium, protein, phosphorus, potassium, vitamins A and D, to name a few. So where did they learn that some sugars are bad and some might be good? And who ascribes goodness or badness to food anyway? As we've said in previous episodes, there is no moral value ascribed to food. It just is. Chicken is fine. Chicken pot pie is also fine. Broccoli is fine. Cheddar cheese broccoli soup is also fine. You are neither good nor bad for eating either. 
One is not going to make you a better athlete than the other if there is a balance of everything else. You may not want to have the chicken pot pie and the broccoli cheese soup in the same meal, but if you did, nothing inherently bad is going to happen. How is this meal any less virtuous than chicken, rice, and broccoli? It isn't. It just probably tastes better and yes, will have significantly more calories and fat, but that fat will make the absorption of the fat-soluble vitamins increase, it will make the food taste better, and the calories for anyone who has a hard time eating enough to build and sustain muscle that's going to help to feed the fire of that metabolic engine. Muscle takes energy to maintain itself, so concentrating calories can be very helpful to those whose metabolisms are like hamsters on treadmills. The irony is that for as hard as some work to maintain that hard-fought and earned lean muscle, others have to work as hard to keep the fluff at bay. While what the media shows us is all six-packs and rippling pecs and biceps, the reality is that genetics, age, the amount of time you have to dedicate to working out, and myriad other variables all factor into whether that aesthetic is maintainable or even achievable. The real question is whether that look makes you any better at your sport. The answer is absolutely not. Take a look at any women's rugby team. They might never make it into the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, though that's a topic for a whole other episode and makes me quite disgusted actually, but I guarantee they could just as likely pick you up and snap you in half as look at you. Or how about any offensive lineman? Not exactly the vision of athleticism, and yet they often have faster feet and more power per square inch than a typical bodybuilder, because one is all about form and the other all about function. Serena Williams was virtually unstoppable and did not conform to the typical female tennis player stereotype. While there are obvious advantages to being tiny if you're a diver or a jockey, that is no longer the norm for many other sports. Mary Lou Retton and Simone Biles shattered the image of a gymnast. Look at many baseball players and you would wonder if they've ever even seen the inside of a gym. Because what you look like on the outside often has very little to do with how you do on the court, on the pitch, on the field, or in the arena. But there are still coaches who fat and body shame. But hopefully they, like the other dinosaurs in many other areas of our lives, are hopefully on their way out. Success is ultimately determined by smart training solid effort, consistency in the gym and in the kitchen, and commitment to sleeping, finding balance, maintaining joy, and not compromising in what it is that you want to achieve. It isn't about sugar, it isn't about six packs or biceps, it isn't about a particular diet, whether that's keto or intermittent fasting or whatever plan du jour there might be. It's about a balanced plate, enough of those so-called macros, fat, protein, and carbohydrate to allow you to do what you need to do restore and rebuild, and everything else that goes on at a cellular level without obsessing about whether chocolate milk is good or bad. Should a person choose more whole foods, fruits and vegetables and whole grains than processed things that come in packages with crazy long unpronounceable names? Sure. But should you avoid all things processed in the name of performance and success? No. Will energy drinks make you faster, stronger or better? Doubtful. But they might keep you alert if you didn't have a good sleep. It's not about either or. As with so many things, it's often a yes and. Can you have chocolate milk? Yes. And you should try to be consistent with your workouts. Is protein good for you? Yes. And you should try to ensure that you space it out over the day and not exceed 30 grams per meal or snack. Is lifting weights good for you? Yes. And you should aim for regular cardio and stretching as well. Performance and success are not single finite things. Depending on the day, your mood, your stress level, other things going on in your life, your performance in your chosen activity could be all over the map from one day to the next. What matters is that you're showing up every time. Success could be defined as a win, or a certain time, or a weight, or a distance, or a score, or it could be that you kept on showing up regardless of all those things that might have gotten in the way. Do we want everyone to eat well? Of course. But what that means from one person to the next is as varied as their preferred activity or their favorite TV show. There is no one-size-fits-all. 
the balanced plate is going to be as individual as the person eating it. Would we love to see everyone follow the Canada Physical Activity Guidelines? Absolutely. But we know that we live in a complicated, challenging world right now, and that's going to look different too. It might be daily gym sessions, some long runs and some interval training, or it might be playing with the kids after shoveling the snow, or walking the dog and then vigorously cleaning the house before the in-laws come over. Will the latter two get you game ready? Maybe not. But they will build memories with your kids and earn brownie points with your partner, and they are all, at the end of the day, good for you. We're not all elite athletes, just folks trying to stay fit and healthy and maybe find that elusive work-life balance, whatever any of that means. At the end of the day, what we hope is that everyone does the best they can with whatever it is that they have to work with, to not judge themselves against others, and even better, to not judge others. When we can cheer each other on and encourage ourselves to keep trying, to maybe do a bit better tomorrow, then we will be able to measure success in a whole new, different, and better way. It doesn't always have to be about winning. Sometimes it's just about showing up, and sometimes it's just about being there for someone else. Hopefully this has provided a little more food for thought. So how do you define success and performance? How regimented are you in what you eat, what you do or don't do, and how is that translating into how you feel, how you act, what you accomplish, and how you treat others? We'd love for your feedback, so if you don't already, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a comment. As we brace for winter, which seems to be well and truly upon us, I hope that we will find ourselves fully staffed and ready to rumble for our next episode where Nicole and I tackle protein. I also want to point out that this is Movember, and so our focus should be on making sure that the men in our lives are taking care of themselves. And if we're able to help in some way to support them in that, so much the better. To that end... I would encourage you to listen to the most recent episode of the Don't Change Much podcast featuring Kevin Bieksa. The only caveat about what he says is when he's talking about overhydrating. Don't do that. Just hydrate. Sometimes there can be too much of a good thing. The link is in the show notes on your podcast player or just enter it in your search bar. Don't change much and you should find it. Thanks for listening and hope you tune in to our next episode in a few weeks time. In the meantime, take care, stay healthy, and we'll see you on the flip flop.